When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cybersecurity skills are in demand. With ransomware, malware, phishing, and other cyber attacks a constant danger, organizations need people who can keep networks safe from online threats. But despite the high demand, many businesses are struggling to recruit cybersecurity staff. So why is this the case? I'm Danny Palmer. This is ZDNet Security Update. And with me to discuss the cybersecurity skills shortage is Chris Weisopel, founder and CTO of Vericode. So thanks for joining me, Chris. And first of all, how have we reached this point where uh, there is such a high demand for cybersecurity skills? I imagine a lot of it comes down to the threats that are out there that uh, are something that a lot of organizations are having to think about more and more. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, Danny, for having me on your podcast. Uh, yeah, it's it's we've seen just an increasing intensity of attacks and a lot more wider types of organizations being attacked, you know, organizations that didn't really, weren't in the crosshairs of, of, of cybersecurity criminals, um, like, you know, hospitals and state and local governments and things like that as school systems, you know, cause there really wasn't something there that had value until ransomware came, came along. So I think a lot of this has to do um, with, with ransomware and uh, just this, this is just more targets out there, which means there's more organizations that need to have uh, skilled um, cybersecurity professionals. Uh, like I talk to a lot of organizations, like a school system, and they don't have anybody, right? They have an IT person who's, you know, maybe taking an online class, um, something of that nature. I I, I think the the other the other factor is. Organizations that were not connected to the internet are now connected to the internet, right? So you have, you know, critical infrastructure, water processing facilities, you know, they were never connected to the internet, uh, obviously 10, 15 years ago. And so there's just, that's another reason there's, there's more places that need security because now they're, now, now they're a target. And I suppose it's the case that you know, as more and more positions open up and more and more of these uh, organizations, which, as you say, may not have needed staff like this before, uh, have demands for them, the, the pipeline for, of people to hire hasn't really kept up because it, it takes time to learn these things. And, uh, and with things ever changing so much, there's only so many people that, can, uh, uh, that are available. Say, for example, if it takes... Uh, let's say three or four years for someone to train in this space. If an organization needs someone now, they're not going to be able to wait for four years in order to hire them. They need to look for them. And that's why there's so much competition with uh, many different organizations looking for ultimately the same people. Yeah. So, you know, even though the demand happens, the supply takes a long time to, to, to ramp up. I mean, even, you know, even more than five years ago, there weren't a lot of colleges and universities that had had a, had a program in, in cybersecurity at all. And like you say, if it takes, you know, three, four years to go through a college program or to go through some other sort of training, there's, 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 a, big, there's a big lag. So while, you know, I think those formal programs are, are good, 
um, and, and, and I'd like to see more, more of them out there. I, I don't think it solves the whole problem. Uh, you know, it's just not, it's not quick enough. We need the people now. Um, so, you know, some of the things that I, I would propose are, you know, more, more intensive training that are, you know, not, not full degree programs, but maybe focus training around a particular, a particular topic. Um, so you're not getting a CISSP, which is very broad risk management, all the different domains of security. You have some understanding. You're, you're going deep in, in one, one area, like, you know, maybe malware, right? Or, or endpoint management or something that, or, 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 or network security and just going deep in that one area, I, I think, I think can be, you know, a, a, a more, a quicker way to respond. Um, the, the, other, the other thing I think is important, and this is one of the things we're doing at Vericode with our um, Vericode labs and our hacker games is, is, is focusing on taking people that are developers and giving them the skill set they need to secure their, just their work, right? So a developer doesn't need to know about network security. They need, don't need to know about malware. But if we can get a developer to understand around application security and finding and fixing um, flaws in code, then that frees up an expert that you might be bringing in to work with the development team to do something else. So I think part of this, the, short, the skills shortage can be helped by not turning out full-blown you know, cybersecurity experts, but taking someone who's an IT professional or a developer and giving them the skills they need just to do their job. Um, so that's what we do with Veracode Security Labs is it's just training developers to understand what they need to do to secure um, what, what they're doing. This sort of security by design element seems to come into play a lot, especially you know, when you think about the amount of uh, companies that are producing uh, connected devices that might not have been connected a few years ago. You know, there's the, obviously the, you know, the cliched examples of your IoT connected fridge or toothbrush and that sort of thing, where yeah. these companies are making these products and they would not have had to think about any elements of security before. And now these things are being pushed out to market and so, then suddenly it's like, oh no, we need to actually add security in this. And that's sometimes only discovered after the matter of fact, once you've got a vul something that's vulnerable out there. And there's this, it's another element of this whole catch up being a part of, the, of, of this problem. Yeah, so there's so many different levels of needing to be secured by design and, and shifting security left, which will end up creating technology, software, IoT products that have less, um, less vulnerabilities, are, are more secure by default, right? Because of the right defaults have been selected. And that, that has better, you know, sort of uh, later, later, later in the lifetime of those device and software effects where you won't need as many security people to be, you know, essentially, you know, band-aiding and wrapping vulnerable software and hardware with security technologies that then need to be understood and managed. And then of course, you know, uh, maintenance of, 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 of patching and then incident response when something goes wrong. If we can shift things left to be more secure by design, then we need less cybersecurity people, right? So focus the cybersecurity talent at the right time in the right places also um, can help with the shortage. And that's why I'm such an advocate about educating developers around, around what, what they need to know, because I, I think it does really 
kind of help the whole ecosystem with the cybersecurity talent shortage? It's one of those cases where the security, as discussed here, that does seem to sometimes be just dumped on the general IT team as something that they can do, when in some cases that people might not have the necessarily necessary skills and qualifications to manage these things. And it can be quite a complex area. I mean, everyone knows about the importance of patching and things like that, but there's more complex aspects that are going to be a tough for uh, people to deal with if they're not experienced with it, particularly if it is a smaller organization uh, with you know, one, or two, uh, one or two IT staff, it's difficult for them to specialize uh, in, in security uh, and just because of the nature of these smaller businesses. So I suppose the question here right. is um, what, what, what risks are there in terms of uh, the skill shortage when it comes to uh, smaller organizations in terms of how they can uh, be affected by all of this? Yeah, so if you're a small organization, um, you know, there's really two things you can do. You can, you can get some level of training for, you know, the IT people you do have. Um, but what, what I would suggest is trying to find, you know, managed security providers so that you have, um, you can tap into them um, for, 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 for uh, you know, your security needs. Um, you know, an example would even be, you know, Vericode as as a as an application security services provider, we have a set of application security consultants. So if you don't have that expert cybersecurity team, one of your developers can actually do a support session with us and 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 learn what they need to know. So if you use service providers, and this is available for you know network security and endpoint security and patching, um, that could be a potential solution if if those service providers have security resources themselves. So um, that's what I would look to when you have a small team is um, you know, find, find service providers that have, 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 have uh, security experts on staff um, to, to, to help you out. Because yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're a small organization, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, a small city school system, you're, you're just not gonna be able to hire um, the, the cyber talent at all. And that's the case for those. It's, it still seems that there are massive organizations which just struggle to fill these uh, cybersecurity positions as well because there is such demand for staff. And even if people do come and join the, these com the company, a year later they could be off somewhere else for double the money because there's just so much competition in this, this space. So what is it something that organizations need to be doing in order to uh, help improve uh, their hiring processes and also uh, keep staff uh, on the books as well because yes it's all very well and good hiring people but keeping them is also part part of the the puzzle as well yeah there's definitely more turnover um in cybersecurity jobs um you know that that i see you know across you know even i within our own organization i can see that because um, there, there's just huge amount of opportunity out there. There's so many unfilled positions. People can go and, and, and find, you know, find their, their dream job. Um, I think the, the, the pandemic and the working for remote has been both like a positive and a negative. I've actually found it easier to hire um, uh, because everyone's working remotely. Um, there's a bigger talent pool that you can pull from 
but of course, you know, we're, 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 we're a cybersecurity SaaS company. We might be a more attractive place for someone to come because they feel like they can learn and advance in their career versus, versus you know, working at a hospital, um, for instance, where they're the one or two cybersecurity people. So, you know, that gets to sort of the other point is in order to retain people, you really need to show them that, that career advancement and that, and that training. Um, so you have to have a decent training budget. It's it's more it's 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 cheaper to spend uh, you know a few thousand dollars sending someone to a training class or 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 a conference um, than it is to have to have to hire you know another person. Um, so uh, you know giving people those training opportunities and um, you know letting them advance in 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 their career and 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 I guess a, a you know sort of a third point is. What you can do is if you have that um, that sort of culture in place where you can you you know you can give people the training they need, whether it's training on the job or or, or going to a conference or a class, um, you can start with uh, more junior people, and that's part of the solution too. Is to bring people on as as interns, and you know turn them into entry level uh, security people, and then and then and let them progress in their career. And so that's one of the things we've been doing um, at, at Vericode um, to, to solve the problem for us is um, bring bring interns on and um, have that have that career path and give them training. Um, I, I don't know how we would staff uh, if if we couldn't do that. That's one one of the points that I've heard discussed quite a lot when discussing about cybersecurity skills. The 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 entry level jobs in in the sector where some uh, organizations seem to not really understand what they're trying to hire. And then for an entry level job, they want you know, a bunch of certifications and five years experience for a job, which is just of someone starting out. And if that's what they want for an entry level job, they're never gonna find a person to fill it. And it just adds to the, the issues when it comes, it comes to hiring. A a absolutely. Um, so you, you, need to, you need to be able to have entry level positions um, and but the other the other important thing is you need to have somewhere for those people to go uh, when they when 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 they outgrow those entry level positions because you know uh, people who want a cybersecurity career don't want to be you know basically cleaning malware off of systems for more than a year or two like once they've learned that they 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 want to progress on so you have to have a career ladder um, for people to come or you're going to be hiring you know yet another. Uh, person to fill because they're they're going to leave to 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 get that opportunity s somewhere else. When it comes to retaining, it seems that one of the areas that often struggles is, is the public sector, things like government, hospitals, and that sort of thing. Because even though these are you know, crucial uh, positions, uh, because of the, they're ultimately funded by taxpayer money, uh, they struggle to pay massive. Or massive salaries, or that people want, or no, just the salaries that that can compete with the private sector. Although recently we have seen in the US uh, there is now a push to actually provide these packages, in what seems to be a move to encourage more people uh, into vacant positions in the in the in, in federal agencies. Yes, um, I, I was I was really pleased to see that um, the. Uh, that DHS in the, in the U.S. had uh, made the push to uh, increase the salaries of cybersecurity professionals all the way up to the top salaries, the same as the vice president Kamala Harris's salary, which is two hundred fifty-five thousand dollars. 
So um, that that is uh, much much more marketable rates when you're you know you're 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 competing with the the likes of you know Google and and Facebook for for talent um, who can probably give equity uh, also, which obviously you can't give um, as a uh, as a government organization or or a nonprofit, um, but. You know those salaries are much much more in line, and I think when we see that happening at an organization like DHS, it'll 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 have a it'll have a ripple effect, um, especially if it's successful. Um, you know, I think cybersecurity professionals have been saying just pay more, and people will go work at those organizations, and now they're doing it. And if it's successful, um, I, I think I think it will it'll it'll cascade. Um, to 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 other organizations, but it will it will take um, you know changing changing the budget right. Like if you're at a hospital and um, you know you have to open more cybersecurity positions because of the issues you have. Not only you're you're opening a new position, so you have to pay a new salary. The salary you're paying is probably higher than you were you were you were paying before. So um, you know it's 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 going to get more expensive. Um, for these organizations um, to meet the demands of of the attacks that are that are happening out there, but I guess ultimately paying those salaries and you no know, training up staff and providing resources for them to learn is still going to be cheaper and obviously much more beneficial than falling victim to a ransomware attack or suffering a massive data breach, uh, which are going to be costly uh, in different ways in the long run. Yeah, I you know as a as a risk management person, a cybersecurity person, it makes perfect sense to me, and it, it probably makes perfect sense to you. But you know, organizations don't like spending money on you know preventative stuff. Um, they they you know they don't want to overspend. So a lot of organizations will will you know sort of be that uh, um, penny penny wise and pound foolish kind of kind of places. Um, where they wait for the event to happen, and then they have the big expense of cleaning it up, and then they realize that, you know, well, we we should we we could have spent less if we we prevented it, um, and and so a lot of organizations are going through that right now. I mean, just just the ransoms that organizations are pay paying if they don't have cyber insurance, that could certainly pay for a lot of cybersecurity and professionals, and cyber insurance rates are are, are going up. Um, so it's getting more expensive, you know, all across the board for organizations um, because of, you know, the, the, the threat, the threat environment. So I guess to sort of sum this up here, uh, you know, what needs to happen? So if we are talking about this subject, cybersecurity skills in five or 10 years time, that we're not just revisiting the same points we are now, what needs to happen in order to make sure that uh, there are enough uh, people to fill the vacancies required to help keep, uh, well, ultimately all of us safe from cyber attacks. So, uh, you know, if I could have my, you know, my, my wish list. Um, I, one thing I would like to see is um, cybersecurity become part of every IT or you know computer science students um, training, so that, that that they they had some understanding, they had some they they had some training in cybersecurity as part of their normal training to to be a, a technology professional, whether it's building and managing systems in an IT environment or, or building software, um, that they had an understanding of, of, of the role that they can play so that we don't need a full cybersecurity person 
um, to, to help them out 100% of the time that they know how to do that. So I'm really pushing for um, that to be part of the curriculum. Um, I've been working with a few uh, uh, colleges um, to make that part of the part of the part of a computer science curriculum. So I think that's that's definitely one thing. Another would just be have um, you know I, I don't think we need someone who has a four year degree. Um, community colleges with one or two year um, degrees in cybersecurity can can really open up the talent pool to to to, to more to more people. Um, I think that that that's also good. And you know I think that. You know the the other big part of this is 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 the salary the salary issue. Uh, I'm really looking forward to um, the DHS salary changes being successful because I think they will. They'll be able to fill all those vacancies that they have, and that will that will just reset expectations um, uh, across the in industry. So it's both solving sort of the supply and the demand problem by making more ways for people to enter into it, and then also giving those salaries so people are are incented to go get those um go, go get the training um and 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 have a great job i i think you know cybersecurity is a very very interesting um uh, field and uh it's you know it, it can be lucrative and hopefully it will be more for more people but um mm -hmm. i mean i've been doing it for over 20 years and uh and and it's it's just it's constantly changing it's very intellectually stimulating um so for the right mindset, I think it's a it's a great place to come and, and have a career. Well, Chris, thanks for joining me on ZDNet Security Update. That was a fascinating discussion on cybersecurity skills and how to hopefully hire more people to uh, join the industry. For more information on how to keep your organization safe from cyber attacks and ransomware, malware, phishing, and other threats, be sure to like and subscribe to the ZDNet YouTube channel. And of course, there's plenty of articles and features on ZDNet.com. Thanks for watching.